A message from our sponsor, Ramp Stop Marine Service. Ramp Stop Marine Service is a family-owned and operated boat store located at mile marker 757 on the Ohio River. Since 2005, their mission has been to support and encourage the Inland Mariner by providing midstream delivery services on the Ohio River from Louisville to Cairo and the Mississippi from Hickman to Cape Girardeau. By operating their own grocery store and supply warehouse tailored to the needs of vessels operating on our inland rivers, they can provide you with what your boats and crews need to keep moving. Rampstop has also begun working with launch services and midstream fuelers on the Ohio and Mississippi rivers. So next time you talk with your launch service or midstream fueler, ask if they can provide you with groceries from Rampstop Marine Service. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok or visit www.rampstop.com. I am joined today for a fourth or fifth time by Captain Coy Lawrence. We've uh, tried this a few times before, but some technical difficulties on my end have messed that up. Uh, we have Collins Reese to thank for this meeting and Turbo Hughes for making the connection. Captain Coy, thank you very much for joining me yet again. Thanks for having me again, Tim. I appreciate it. Well, you know the drill. So let's start where it began. Where were you born, sir? I was born in 1964 in Winfield, Louisiana. Home of Huey P. Long. Yes, sir. And then yes, I believe sir. you weren't there for very long, though. You moved to Arkansas? Yeah, well, we moved up to northern Louisiana in uh, 1965. And we stayed there until uh, 76. In 1976, we moved up to northern Arkansas. And remind me, what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my mom, at the time she met my dad, was a telephone operator. And uh, my dad is a river man. He, he spent his whole career on the river also. But mom done many jobs. She was a beautician for a while. And we owned a little country grocery store up. And when we moved to northern Louisiana, she ran a little country grocery store up there until we moved to Arkansas. Was your father on the river when you were born? Yes, yes. My dad, I don't, I can't remember exactly when dad went on the river. Uh, he was on the river when him and mom met in 62. And he worked for a company called Hoagland Barge Line back in those days. And he was, uh, I, he started out, of course, as a tankerman deck deckhand tankerman back in the days but he went on to uh get a steersman job and a pilot's job on the jane hopeland there with that barge line and i think you said you had a couple of uncles on the river as well yeah i had a uncle uh uncle fred uh he he worked for ingram and a lot on his last days um I think he worked on the OH Ingram or something like that. And he, he had a, I'm trying to say that he passed away in 1982. And then I had an uncle, uh, Phil Milford. Most people knew him as Phil. He worked on the uh, steamboat Delta Queen until his final days. And what led them to the river? Was your grandfather uh, an industry man? No, no, it uh, it was all my grandfather worked in the uh, sawmill. He was a, he worked in the sawmill, but I guess my uncle Fred would probably be the one that lead led off in the river career. He was the oldest son, and 
I guess uh, dad was the middle. No, dad was the youngest. So uncle Uncle Fred and uncle Uncle Phil went on the river, and dad just followed suit. And then several years later, I, I'm the last of them. Well, walk me through your childhood then. Uh, what was it like growing up and eventually into Arkansas? Well, northern Louisiana, we lived in a very small town. The Just about the whole community. It was, it's a little town called uh, Spearsville is where we grew up out of. Uh, but it was a big, most of my mom and them's family was around there. And a bunch of big farms and stuff like that. But, you know, we grew up just, you know, just like normal kids would. We Family was a big deal down there, family and church. Uh, our whole community really revolved around a little community church called Mountain Union Church. And I was growing up with a blessed childhood of a dad who liked to travel. Dad took us all over the country when we was kids. You know, we, we, we loved traveling to the Smoky Mountains and we spent a lot of time up here in a little amusement park that a lot of people wouldn't probably remember, but it was based on a little Abner comic strip called uh, Dog Patch USA, Little Abner and Daisy May. And we always came up to Arkansas a lot to the amusement park and stuff like that. And we loved the mountains and stuff. And later on, I guess that's what eventually led us up to this this part of the country you know we we loved it up here and stuff and when we decided to move, leave louisiana you know that's where you know dad decided we'd either move up here or he really liked a place called pigeon forge tennessee you probably heard of that in the smoky mountains and stuff and he gave mom the choice and we moved up here because on the weekends and stuff we could still go back down and see the moms and family and stuff it was we're about five or six hours north of where I grew up at. And we moved up here to Arkansas when I was, I was 12, 1976, we moved up here. And again, we just, with dad being a river man, working the, you know, 30 days on, 30 days off. By the time we moved up here, he had went to work for ARCO. He was a captain on the Sally Archer for about 20 years. 18, 20 years or something like that. So it was a 30 day on, 30 day off schedule. So of course, while he was at home, we, we traveled the country a lot. As a kid, I've got to see, you know, I got to see a lot of the country that people never got to see. Cause we, we did, we traveled all the time. Did you have a chance growing up to get on a boat with him? Yeah. Yeah, sure did. I, uh, I actually rode the Sally Archer with him. We made a I've made a couple of trips with him before I came out on the river, but uh, it, as a kid, it was interesting to me, but it was really a never career. It was really never a career that I intended on going to, you know, I, I thought I would lead towards other, other interests, but in the late 80 or early 80s, I graduated in 82 and the market for jobs just wasn't that great. And that's when I went to dad and asked him, would he give him, you know, could I get a temporary job on the river till I could find something else? And 
it's still temporary. <laughs> How many years later? Uh, June will be 40 years. Good for you. So uh, walk me through, did you, was college a consideration? No, no, I, I like school. All right. But you know, when I got out of school, college never crossed my mind. I was, I was ready to go into the job industry and, you know, make a, make a life. I, I don't know why, but just the school, when I got out of it, I was done with it. Tell me about your time as a deckhand getting on, on deck for the first time. I started in, like I said, 1983, 18-year-old kid, first boat. You know, I, I went on the Windy L for Mid-South Towing. It was a boat that they had just got. I'd put in an application in 80, I guess the fall of 82, I put in an application. And at that time, Mid-South only had four boats. They, they wasn't a real big company. And I think I've heard other people in the interviews and stuff say back in those days, Mid-South was the cream of the crop. It was the absolute best company on the river in just about anybody's opinion. And they had a stack of applications a mile high, you know, and the only way that you could ever get a job there, you know, somebody had to quit, die or retire. And, um, my dad actually worked with uh, the port captain at the time's name was Leonard Wallington, a real, real nice guy. And dad and him had worked together over at Hoagland Barge Line back in his dad's early career. And he called Leonard and asked him, would he give me a chance? You know, and Leonard at that time said he couldn't even give me a chance because, you know, there just wasn't any job. But he said, be patient because they're coming out with some new boats. They got a, uh, got a contract with a company, uh, uh, Merchant Grain. Merchant Grain was the name of the company. And they was going to lease them some boats. And when the Windy L came out in 19, the summer of 1983, I got on that boat brand new just out of shipyard. And that was my first decking career, quite quite interesting back in there because like i said you got on the boat your training period was put on your boots put on your gloves grab you a cheater pipe and we're going to going out on tow and work and you didn't have no schooling or you know you didn't have the training barges and stuff back in then to go to your your training was the minute you stepped out on tow they started teaching you how to teach a tighten a ratchet and that that was your career you know <laughs> you followed the maid or the other deck hand around they told you told you to jerk a wire or tighten a ratchet that that was your career and you you followed them around religiously until you really found out what you was doing where were you and running on that boat we ran from uh mostly from paducah kentucky the the mid-south office back in the 80s was in paducah they hadn't bought that land in metropolis yet and we ran from paducah kentucky down to <coughs> mile 55 on the lower down at electro coal dock and it was just about round trips and every now and then we'd make a trip up to green river up the ohio uh, we'd go up there and get coal barges and come back out. And I stayed on that boat until they gave the boat back. It was a 5,600 horsepower. And 
it wasn't as big or bold as they wanted. They kept it about a year, I think, until, well, it's probably a little bit over the year because the Nita M came out and then the Karen J came out over that. So it was probably late 84 when I went on the, uh, the Karen J came out of the shipyard there at St. Louis. And it was the last boat that was ever finished in St. Louis ship. And I guess Ingram still got it today. It's the Dave O. And, but that was, that was always interesting to me that, you know, that was the boat that sort of finished out there in uh, St. Louis. And I ran, I finished my decking career and ran, got set up to second mate on that boat also. And, you know, a bunch of the crew members and stuff I still remember, and a lot of them still work on the work on the river today. You know, some of that very first crew I work with is still some of the people that I keep in contact with today. Were you making that same run on that second boat? Yeah, yeah, we made the same run. <laughs> it was until, yeah, we made the run and even after I went to my, the boat that I ran first made on, I ran first made on the uh, Jenny S. That was a boat they bought from Mid-America. It was the old Mabel Kelps. And we ran, we ran that same coal run on it. And that's also, I guess, 80, 89, I think, is when I went and got my first, uh, license and I actually got the privilege of steering for a captain named Henry Kelly on there. He pushed me pretty hard to get into the uh, steering program. I steered for him and a captain named Tolly Valentine. And that's where I got to, got to, you know, I, I tried hard to be a good mate for Henry and Henry rewarded me, you know, by helping me in the, helping me in the steering program. I know you said as a kid, you got to ride with your, dad, your father a couple of times. Uh, were there any big surprises once you got out there? Oh, yeah. A lot of big surprises. You know, you, you would actually, you know, I watched the crews and stuff, you know, work on my dad's boat and stuff. And, of course, most of them was experienced crew members. They made the job just look easy, you know, and, then when you actually got out there and really saw, you know, you're working, you get down in New Orleans, you know, it's a hundred degrees in the shade at 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, you worked in rain, sleet, snow, hail, it didn't matter, you know, whatever, when there's work to do, you got out there and, and done it, you know, and that was, you know, I listened to my dad tell story after story and him every time him and the two uncles got together, you know, it was a big river man story. And you, you heard so many stories about, you know, decking careers and the, and especially all three of them being pilots, you know, even before I went out there, you would, you would constantly hear stories, you know, about bad places on the river and, things that they done, you know, locking rivers and all this stuff. And, you know, when you get out there, it's just so many things that you didn't expect, you know, it, it, it was, it was overwhelming at first, but like I said, with the, I worked with the excellent crew, you know, every, 
just about every man on those the first boat I rode, you know, was very experienced and stuff. And it just made it made learning stuff easy, but it, you know, it was still also a big challenge. What about your first few trips up in the wheelhouse? First few trips up in the wheelhouse, I asked myself what I'd got myself into. You know, again, Henry Kelly, I I believe he's still that I have rode with. He was the best lower river captain that I had ever rode with in my life, you know. I saw him go down in all these turns and bends and stuff, northbound, southbound, never get out of his chair, sit there just calm as can be and just really didn't expect all the stuff that was going on that he was watching doing how he's getting up and down the river you know what like i said i just thought it was gonna be you know sit down in the chair drive a little while and be turned loose and ready to go but it was it was quite a challenge you know and I appreciate everybody that helped me back in those days because, you know, back in those days, and I know you've heard it said too, you know, a guy's bar book and his notes and what he done and how he done things, that was a sacred deal to those older guys and stuff. You know, get somebody to share your bar book or show you what they done or give you a helping hand up like that, you know, it was, it was a blessing. Remind me, what eventually led you to Ingram? Well, after um, Ingram bought out, Mid-South went to Tico Barge Line, which was just an intercompany switch. And then um, Mid-South went to United Barge Line. And then in uh, June of 2012, Ingram bought out united barge line and i just stayed with them as you know carried on just like i i never left any of the companies they they actually carried our time which was a blessing also well, where all did you run you said some on the ohio river and then what landed you on the illinois well i ran uh, we ended up they mid-south trained you just about they wanted you trained about everywhere they ran so before I actually finished my steering career with Mid-South, I had actually trained from, I trained to run all the way down to New Orleans and I ran from, uh, from uh, Metropolis, Illinois, all the way up to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They made me ride a couple of trips up there. And then at the end of, I guess my training career, they had just started running some boats up the Illinois River. And they put me on a boat named the Audrey Fouts. That was the most interesting boat I've ever rode in my career. And I think you've heard a guy named Michael Burkhardt, old beaver, talk about that Audrey Fouts. And that boat was all air steering. Everything on that boat was air. And if you got to messing around too much, you'd run yourself out of air and have to wait a minute before you could steer the thing again because you had to wait for all the air compressors and stuff to build up pressure again before you could start steering and and moving around again so so they sent me on that boat and i started running up to lamont which is about as far as you can carry a boat that don't have a retractable wheelhouse on it it 
we ran all the way up to mile 300 on the Illinois River. And eventually that would be the boat that I got turned loose on. You mentioned uh, Beaver Burkhart. Tell me how you know him. Beaver Burkhart and I, we go, Beaver was in his learning, I guess, I don't know if he's actually in a steering program, but him and I was in the program about the same time. I guess I probably got turned loose a little bit before uh, Beaver did. And back in his days of the Ant, when he was on the Ann Peters, he mentioned riding on the Ann Peters that uh, him and I was in contact with each other a lot then. And then when they decided to send him up on the Illinois River, he told you about his very short posting time. He actually rode that up there with Ice Running Pilot. And I think at the time, probably Cletus Smith was running captain and Beaver came over there and rode with us. And as the years, as his time went on, when he got turned loose as piling on that Audrey Fouch, that him and I relieved each other the whole time that he rode that Illinois River. And just a great fellow. I can't say enough, you know, good about him. He's, he, he was a good relief and a good friend and still is. I consider, consider Beaver to still be a fr We don't stay in contact as much these days, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed riding with him. And you said you knew Billy Watkins too, Yeah, huh? uh, Billy was, Billy Watkins ran a uh, second mate for me. I believe it was on the GNES that we rode together quite a bit over there. And again, he was, a, him and I, I don't know how long, probably two years or so, year or two, Billy and I rode together. And he's, he's made a great career for himself too. Um, I think he rides on one of the lower boats now. And, but uh, yeah, Billy and I rode quite a bit together. Good Brilliant man. Deal. Yeah, I've got him booked coming up here pretty soon too. Tell me about running the Illinois. The Illinois is one of the I won't say it's the most challenging because every river's got its challenges, but if you can picture a mud puddle with trying to carry 15 barges up and your head's on one bank, your stern's on the other one and you're digging for everything you got. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a narrow, shallow, twisty river. That's a real challenge to run. And I had a great teacher up there named, um, Jerry King. And that he was a man that knew that he, he was one of the smoothest operators up there on that river I've ever rode with and a good teacher. But he was one of those teachers that could really teach you every bad spot, every turn, everything. And he really, he took a lot of time. I rode with him. It would have been my last little bit over a year. I rode that river with him. And I mean, he just, he just really helped me through the narrow lot, it, the, the bridges are real narrow up there. It's, it's like the upper without the current, but there's a lot of, a lot of narrow bridges, tight bends and, you know, little locks and stuff. And it's, it, it's a beautiful river to run, but not a lot of people like to run. 
I think you told me it kind of keeps you on your toes up there. So the, the hitch, the, the hitches kind of go by. Yeah, they go by pretty quick. Uh, I'll, I'll mention somebody else, you know, even after I got turned loose and I think you heard Beaver talk about this guy was a mate named JC Campbell. And I believe he was the best mate that I've ever rode with in my life. An another quick story about that Audrey Fouts days. We, we talked about JC Campbell. I guess I should mention he had a second mate, the guy riding second mate, Tom McCarver. He was, I, I, he was every bit as good as JC Campbell was on getting into locks through bridges and stuff. And he rode, second mate until he went out on his own you know uh learned to be a you know he went through the training period and stuff and he's now my pilot on the dale heller i ride the dale heller on the illinois river and just to show you how time comes back around tom mccarver's now now my pilot so you know it, it's great stories out there it's, it's a small world what do you think about this little project i'm doing here I love it. I love it. I, I've subscribed to your channel and I'm watching as many of them as I can. And, you know, just these are stories that die. And we've told my son, that's one thing I've told my son, you know, there's stories that dad has told my boys, you know, every time my dad got around my boy and stuff, he would always tell a river story. And I said, son, you better write these down because these are stories that made the history of the river, you know, and what you're doing is a living recording of some of the, some of the old stories and stuff that's going on. What made people, what made the river great, what makes river people great, you know, the jobs we do and stuff. And I, I give you hats off. I mean, I, I really enjoy everything and I hope you keep it up. Well, that is the plan. Uh, actually one future guest said uh to give him about five years so i guess i have to keep this up at least that long <laughs> well there you go well there's a lot of them up there you can interview because i tell you what there's there's some unbelievable river stories out there i i listened to mike burkhart beaver and there's no way that i could ever tell a story as good as his and you know just just everybody you know all the stories that's been told it, it brings back memories, you know, I, a lot of these stories, you know, you and I've tried this a couple of times before, and the, every time that we've done this, you know, I listened to Beaver, I listened to, to Orrin, I listened to a bunch of them, you know, and that all brings back stories that if I could sit here and just remember them, we could talk for hours, you know, and just stories of working with the people you know mike billy tom mccarver all the captains and stuff i rode with over the years it, it's a never-ending story and my dad and my uncles when they got together i i told my son i wish i'd wrote down some of the stories that they've told back in these days because you know you just can't remember stuff like that the rest of your life you forget it and these are old stories, like I said, that made the river. It made the river, man. And it's the stories that I tell the people that I'm training, you know, when we're going up and down the river, I'm telling him stories that 
Jerry King told me that Michael Barkhart made that, you know, Tom McCarver's made it. It's, it's stories that you pass on and it's, it's a great career. It's a great life. Well, I'm glad what I'm doing is uh, as well received as it has been. I'm going to keep at it. Well, please do Tim. We appreciate it. Roger that cap. Uh, and I just want to, you know, thank Kenny Brown for his maritime throwdown uh, deal because, you know, a lot of the mates back in the old day, JC could catch, when you was going into lock, he would get you in there. He could catch a line, you know, he could throw a line. And he was real avid about having all the, all the deck crew, that was a big deal on Sunday afternoon. You know, they would get back there and throw lines. And I have seen them do it, you know, a quarter of throw. You know, back in those days, he really challenged everybody. And the maritime throwdown, kudos, you know. If we can get those old-timey, and I, I don't say the mates today can't throw a line like JC did or anything like that, but, you know, I'm sure they can, but <clears throat> this is lost art that we don't need to be lost, you know. To have a confident mate to get you into locks and through bridges and stuff like that, you know, if the Maritime Throwdown program will give them a heads up, you know, it it's one great, great deal. I, I love seeing it. Are you involved in it? No, I'm not, and I, I probably need to get a little bit more involved than I am. I, you know, and try to get my crews. The I've got one guy on my boat that's been in it, and I'm actually training him right now to be a pilot. I've got a pilot trainee, and he's been involved in it quite a bit, and that's where I've been getting a lot of my information on really what the program is and how it's done. So that will be something that I'm <coughs> looking into as my – as time goes by, we'll be looking more into getting getting more involved in it, or at least, you know, supporting it a lot better than I do. Sure. Great to hear. Um, what is the, well, I know you've, of course, you, you've been called the godfather of the Illinois, but what's been your, your favorite place to run or the prettiest place you've ever been? Well, the prettiest place, not the Ohio River's pretty and stuff like that, but if I was to give the one prettiest place that I that I like running would be crossing Peoria Lake at the sunset or sunrise. It's on a day that it's not windy. It's one of the most peaceful places that you can ever go across. You know, it's it's still a shallow, narrow lake, and you know you you don't meet a lot of boats and stuff out there. But you know, just uh, just a beautiful sunrise up there and stuff you you just can't beat it but i guess i've been on the illinois river so long i'm partial to it you know i i i just don't want to go nowhere else i i believe i'd be happy finishing my career out right there because i've rode the river so long it's like i tell my pilot trainee you know if you walk on a on a path that's from you know a 30 mile path and you walk it every day if eventually you're going to learn every stick stump bump and hump in it and i've been on the illinois river so long that's the way i feel about it you know i've i've learned it and i've just by repetitive 
going up and down as you know i've got very comfortable with running up and down that river well speaking of finishing out your career do you have retirement on the horizon yet 40 years right now right yeah 40 years i will probably work i mean i'm only 58 i i will probably have to work you know three or four five more years i i really don't want to work until 65 but you know it'll all be according to what the good lord has in plans for me you know if i can retire earlier i'd sure like to but if i have to keep working i'm good with that too because you know ingram's a great place to work great company they treat us well and you know i still enjoy driving a boat i i really do drive driving a boat up and down the river is just you know a passion of mine it's but as far as you know a, a lot of the stuff is getting harder and keeping up with the paperwork and policies and all this. And, but, you know, I'll work as long as long as I'm comfortable and then I'll I'll give it to some of the younger guys. I've got any a, big plans for your retirement. Oh, fishing. I, I'm an avid fisherman. I live up on uh, Bullshows Lake in northwest Arkansas and I, I'm a big walleye fisherman. I, I love fishing camping i think i mentioned to you i'm i'm out here actually sitting in my camper today just uh we, we love i try to keep up what my dad showed me when i was a kid i'm trying to take my wife and i took my son my son's 26 now so he's he's out on his own and stuff but we i've tried to treat them the way my dad treated me you know show them the country travel fish hunt whatever we can get into you know is your son your only child yes i got i've just got the one son and he's uh like i said he's 26 and he worked for uh arkansas missouri railroad uh it runs out of springdale arkansas and it's just the short line railroad that runs from fort smith arkansas up to monette missouri and he he does many jobs over there. He works on the train, or he's got him. Uh, he they let him work in the office quite a bit, you know, dispatching the trains and stuff. So he's he's got a pretty good job. Well, it's pretty fantastic. Do you have any uh, any final words? Any message for the industry? Well, you know, I, I just it's a good job, you know, for the younger generation and stuff like that, you know. I encourage people to, you know, if, if you really want a job and you can make a career out of this, but don't expect a career to come to you, you know. These uh, people trying to get in the engine room, trying to get in the pilot house to do the job I am, it, it's a hard market to get into. And keep your faith up. Encourage people, you know. Like said, the maritime throwdown. Be be the best that you can be at any job that you do. You know, it's it's it it's a blessed job out there. You can make a career out of it, and it will be a good one. And I, I appreciate all that the companies that I've worked for has done for me and stuff. And just keep your head up and keep working. Well, Kevin Coy, I thank you again for how many times this has been now. I think five, but. uh <laughs> that'll do it for the questions and we'll keep in touch with you okay thank you tim i appreciate you having me again all right sir thanks a lot talk thank to you soon you.